Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So we have made it. Sometimes with the 40 days of Lent, not including Sundays, it feels like we're never going to get here. We're never going to arrive on Easter morning, but here we are. And as we hear in this closing of the gospel account of Matthew, things happen rather quickly come Easter. In fact, it only takes one chapter to get Jesus resurrected, to appear to the women and then the disciples, to give them the great commission, and then to ascend to heaven. It doesn't take very long. Things are moving very fast. And right now, we hope we are a people that are progressing fast yet safely toward being able to come back together. Because if Lent has taught us anything, it's that we need one another. We need to be connected. We need to experience Christ in each other. And we need to have others experience Christ in us. And so Easter is a day when we feel like, yes, we have made some movement toward being perfected by God's love. Yes, we can feel the hope. It is within us. It is erupting through us. We can see that nature is magnifying that feeling, that the sun is shining, and that the the earth is beginning to reveal its flowers and its fruitfulness. And all of this makes us feel like there is hope for tomorrow. And God does this in the fullness of God's time. Sometimes as we are stuck in the darkness and we feel ourselves plodding ever forward without really seeing the end of the tunnel, just catching glimpses of light every now and then, we wonder, can we sustain? Are we able to persevere? And can we ultimately triumph? And Easter promises, yes. We can. Easter also reminds us that we never go it alone. When we pick up our story here this morning, Christ has already been crucified and has been laid in a tomb, and the tomb was sealed. A large stone rolled over it to be the door that closes it. And while the women were free because the Sabbath was over at sundown yesterday to come, they didn't have the ability to see at night and do their work, and so they had to wait until the morning. But you'll notice that they were coming as the day was dawning. They had already been up. They had prepared the spices and the oils and everything that they needed to worship Jesus one last time. They thought they were coming to pay their final homage and respect to him. But when they arrive, they discover that God had other plans, that already an angel has come down, the earth has responded to the presence of of the angel and the resurrection of Jesus, and the angel has rolled back the stone and is sitting upon it in triumph. And there his appearance is like lightning. He must have an electric kind of glow. I like to picture a neon angel, although I'm sure that's not biblical. And his clothing is white as snow, pure and clean. That's why you'll notice that all of our pyramids here have transformed into white. And here we are. And the women are overwhelmed. And those that were not there to profess their love and their hope in Jesus shook and became like dead men. They probably lost consciousness and passed out. And there they are. And the angel, though, says to the women, do not be afraid. You've come looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He has been raised. 
come and see for yourself, experience Easter. And they were the first. And then, now that they have seen, they are sent. Now they have purpose. They thought they were there to simply mourn, but now they will become Christ bearers. They will be the first to tell the good news that he is risen. And they run to do this, and they have the opportunity then to see Jesus and to greet him and to take hold of him once more and worship him. What a beautiful moment that has been. I can't imagine how overwhelmed they were. Were they laughing and smiling while they were crying and just overwhelmed? How did they look and feel? How would we look and feel if our most beloved person that has died suddenly met us on our way? We would be so overwhelmed and so joyful. And Jesus tells them, don't be afraid. Again, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. And as they are going, we now jump back to Jerusalem. And oftentimes we skip this story. But this is important. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was so powerful and profound that it scared the religious authorities. It frightened them. They had failed. They thought if they got rid of Jesus that that would end this stuff that he was saying and doing and that people would stop following him and they would return to their ways. They would return to the ancient ways of doing things and thus everything would go back to normal. Nothing would ever be the same after that first Easter. And so they were, again, conspiring and entering into machinations and using money to try to buy silence and complicity. Exactly what they did that perverted Judas Iscariot. And here they are ready to do it again, this time with Roman soldiers. And the problem is the Roman soldiers report to Pilate. And if Pilate finds out that they were sleeping on the job, there's going to be a problem. They were there to precisely prevent this from happening. They were there to make sure that nobody snuck in and stole the body, which is why the chief priest asked Pilate to send the guard. But nobody stole his body. His body was resurrected, and he came back, which is why he shows his apostles multiple times, look, touch, see for yourself. It is the same body that was up on the cross for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Touch me and hear me and see me and recognize that I have come back for you. I have come back for those that are not yet even born. I have come back for all people. And I want you to tell them. And so they continue to perpetuate both the story that he did not rise and the apostles perpetuating the story that he did. But which story has had a more profound impact? People want to believe that Jesus came back from the dead because we have something at stake in that. Every person will live long enough to lose a loved one. Every person will know how horrible death is because it robs us of a being that we love. It robs us of a future of experiences and encounters. It robs us of the comfort of being in a relationship with a person. And then there is nothing but sorrow and pain, regret, remorse, and a desire to see them again. But because Jesus rose and Jesus promised us that that would be our ultimate state, that we too would be resurrected, 
Easter reminds us that death is not the end. So many have died. So many have lost their lives, not just to the failing of the body or natural disasters or natural diseases. So many have died because of sin and violence and hatred. So many have died during this pandemic. And Easter is our reminder that they are not gone forever. God knows and holds every single one in trust, nestled in the safety and the security of God's own heart until the time comes when they can be revealed, when all of us will be revealed. And while Jesus was happy to walk around in the body that he was crucified in, the rest of us might be looking for an upgrade. I'm 40. I'm already ready for an upgrade. But hopefully, when we get that upgraded body, we can revel in a body that the scriptures say is impervious to sin and sadness. It is a body that will never need to weep again. It is a body that will never die. It will never decompose. It will never degrade. I like to think of it as a body that's impervious to calories. There are so many wonderful ways to think about the resurrection. But the best part is that resurrection is synonymous with reunion. It means coming back and time and time again in the accounts, whether it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. The, the overarching story is that Jesus was reunited. He was reunited with the women. He was reunited with his brothers, his friends, his apostles, his disciples. He was even reunited with people along the way that never thought that Jesus knew or cared. But he was. He was there with them and he was for them. And he remains with and for us. And Easter is the day that we revel in that truth. It is the day when Christians all over the world are not afraid to claim their Christ. And they do so, often at great personal expense, often to be exposed in places in the world where it is still not okay to be a Christian. But their hearts and their joy, their hallelujahs combine with ours and reach to the highest heavens. And that is what Easter is for us. And Jesus knew that Easter meant action. Easter meant that we had something to do. Everyone that encounters Jesus is sent out, go and tell. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Share the good news. Tell people that death is not the end. Tell them that they have been loved and known and I have come back for them and I will come back again. Time and time again in the scriptures, people tried to keep Jesus out and away so that he could never come back. Not even death could keep Jesus from coming back. And Jesus promises, I'm coming back again. I will come back again. And I will end all sorrow and misery. I will end all sin and hatred and violence and death. All of those will be washed away. And what will be left? An eternity together to celebrate and to enjoy and to worship and to never again have to wonder, are we loved? Are we known? Are we worthy? Should we have the opportunity to feel joy or are we what people say we are? Are we absolutely to be cast aside, forsaken, and forgotten? Or are we people that God chooses? We are those that God chooses. But God chooses others that don't yet know. Let Easter be our day to show them, maybe for the first time, 
that they too are beloved and known. And that's why Jesus says to the apostles as they gather on that mountain, and you notice that even as they're in the midst of this, some of them doubted, like, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Doubt does not make you the devil, but you have to keep going. You have to keep trying and experiencing. And that's precisely what they do. They will not stop. Death will not stop these disciples. Their stories, their experiences, their testimonies become the foundation of the New Testament. And because of that, there are Christians all over the world. Because of that, there will never be a day that there aren't Christians in the world. And that should all give us hope. Nothing has been able to destroy a faith and a Savior who came to us, God in human form, who came to us, who died for us, because no one else would be able to show that kind of love, that willingness to go all the way to the end and beyond, and then reveal God's power by coming back time and time again. Jesus comes back for us, not just esoterically. Jesus comes back for us when we gather for worship. Jesus comes back for us when we pray and when we ask him for strength, when we ask him to help us because we are struggling and we feel like we are drowning in our responsibilities or the circumstances of our time. Jesus comes back for us when we think that we are alone. Jesus comes back to remind us, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus reminds us, I will never not come back for you. Death, sickness, your sin will never stop me from coming back for you. And that's what Easter is about. It's about reminding ourselves and others that God is never going to forsake us. And then we need to be inspired never to forsake another. And that's the hard part. So many times in our lives we think it would just be easier if I just excised you, just cut you out of my life because I'm struggling over here and you're making things a hundred times more difficult. But Jesus never did that. He never did. He kept inviting even the Sadducees and the Pharisees to be in conversation, to hear. And some of them did. Some of them heard and encountered and experienced him and they too became believers. It's a process. It's a relationship. It is time-consuming. That's why Easter comes every year. If it was a one and done, but it's not. And it is the single biggest Sunday of the year. Because this is the day that sets the tone for every Sunday thereafter. Until Easter comes again next year. And the next. And the next. So this is why you have Christians that are greeting each other with, he is risen, he is risen indeed. This is why you hear the shouts of hallelujah. This is why you see people in their Easter finery. This is why you see people proclaiming that this is the day. This is not just the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord redeemed. It is the start of the week. It is the start of something new. And this is the day that transformed when the followers of Jesus Christ would worship their God. This is the time that Easter makes us less Saturday Sabbath people and more Sunday Lord's Day people. It changed the world. It changed the liturgical calendar. It changed how and why we worship. It changed everything. Do we let it change us in every way? That's the opportunity. 
Now, a symbol of that is outside in the front of our church. A symbol of that is a wooden cross that yesterday was dead. It was completely gone. There was no way of reviving it. If I had stuck it in the ground and watered it and fertilized it, it wasn't going to grow again. But today, it is alive and covered. Today, it reveals invisible and intangible form with which you can interact that life is here and that the cross is not a dead concept. It remains a living one. But it is now transformed and it reveals that from death, God brought forth light. From darkness, God brought forth light. From the darkness and death of human sin, God brought forth salvation, grace, love, and our faith. And it's time that we bring that into our world. And I hope you will. I hope you'll take today and you will be courageous and you will be fierce and you will proclaim to somebody, not just happy Easter, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we worship and adore. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.